I've got a, I've got a new toy for the podcast. I just have to hope I don't overuse oh. it. Is it a taser? What was that? Fixie, uh, no, fixie no. bell. It's like a, it, it's like a, uh, <laughs> like a hotel bell. Okay, I'm seeing nice. it right now. Yeah, yeah. Is it just going to be like a, a Pavlov's thing? Whenever you hear something you like from us, you condition us with a bell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Welcome to episode number 156 of Stand Under the Don't Tree and Riddle Me This, a podcast about video games. My name is Cole Ross, and I am your host, and I am joined via Skype tonight by... David Dennis Blah. Okay, let's try that again, Dennis and David. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> We're out of practice. Go ahead. David Moneysmith. Dennis Furia. And thank you so much for joining us tonight, fellas. Uh, let's see here. What do we have in store? Going to be a pretty basic show. I've got some stuff that I've been talking about, stuff I've been playing while I've been sick, laid up with bronchitis, which is uh, why there was no show last week, uh, or no new show, rather. Um, whole thing was all messed up because I because uh, I couldn't talk and I ha- I was coughing all the time. So we're going to talk about what, what we've uh, been playing, and there's some stuff that's on our minds, I think, and then we're going to uh, dip out. So yep. let's see here. Um, I want to hear from you, Dennis. What you've been playing? Sure, I've got I've got just one big one, uh, and it's kind of exciting because you guys have been on me to play it for a while. I have started playing Saints Row the Third. Oh, sweet, cool, and it is awesome. So, uh, yeah, it's it's I, I uh, borrowed this from Cole while extremely drunk one night. <laughs> uh, wait, wait, and then it promptly forcefully borrowed <laughs> although Cole, Cole was pretty good natured about it um <laughs> uh and uh and it promptly sat in a drawer for probably what two months now three yeah, months about now two, about, uh, uh, two and a half months and yeah entirely too long um so i i finally got around to it um and have very much been enjoying it uh just my my observations from you know probably the first 10 percent of the game or so is that it does set pieces really well. Uh, so the opening sequence to the game is incredibly good, and you know there are a couple of cutscenes in there that they just do over the top, uh, very very well. Uh, you know, there's there's one s- sequence in there where one rocket launcher would have done, but they did fifty, yeah. uh, and it's you know it just makes things more enjoyable uh, when you've got that kind of intentional zaniness in there. Um, but apart from the set pieces, I have to say that. It, it kind of at this point feels a little bit like a poor man's um, Grand Theft Auto. Really? Yeah. Now, I, what I what I understand, obviously, there's this is a kind of a legacy game on on DTR, is that there are there are lots of kind of uh, ways that the gameplay is mixed up. There's lots of creative missions that that come in, um, creative twists, uh, etc. I just I, I feel like I haven't hit those yet. Okay. Uh, and the general kind of run around, shoot stuff, do open world missions, gameplay is, has not been that impressive. The way that I would characterize it, yes, you are entirely right. Like, each of the missions that you do introduces you to, like, another activity that you can do throughout the city. Um, and those things are really, unless you're a completionist or unless there's one of them that you really, really like, those things are only really interesting when you, when you do them in the story context. You know, the the, the whole yeah. r- riding, riding around in the 
car with the tiger and all of those kind of things. Um, the the uh, the insurance like the ones that I found really fun were the insurance fraud missions. I don't know if you've gotten to those yet. Um, yeah, I've, I've I've done that. That's that's good. Yeah, those those, those are pretty fun. It's like reverse bowling. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and also the um, the Mister Genki's super ethical reality climax. Those are good. <laughs> uh, it's basically you know kind of takes the shooting part of the game and turns it into an arena combat where you you get combos for killing multiple people in a row and you know have to shoot basically everything except for pandas and avoid <laughs> uh avoid traps which is the opposite of how it should be by the way <laughs> yeah I fucking hate pandas come on apparently these are all these save. are all pandas that would screw to <laughs> save their species oh okay there okay we go. So, well that might be all right yeah <laughs> But then there's then there's like snatch, which is you know like a basically go pick up people and drop them off and protect them, and it's just horrible. Like yeah, it's the the oh, AI the the, the... of the people you're trying to rescue is flat out stupid. There's there's this weird leg between when you hit the button to get into a car, and when you actually gain control of the car. You know it shows you this whatever contextual animation of you getting into the car. And... Are you holding? Oh, sorry, gone. Sorry. Oh, well, holding L2? Is that what you're going to ask? Yeah, I was going to say, are you holding down the awesome button? <laughs> and I love, so that L2 is the sprint button, and I love that the game actually calls it the awesome button. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's that's the one way to circumvent it, but if you, God help you, hit triangle, uh, when uh, when you're not holding L2, you're treated to this, like, uh, five-minute animation of him getting in the car, which, if you try to use car controls at any point um he'll either run away from the car or throw a grenade and those are two probably of the least helpful <laughs> things you could do in in the situation where you need to get into a car yeah. so you know those missions are bad a couple of the other missions aren't necessarily bad but just forgettable so i'm really mostly sticking to the story missions yeah to uh keep the game interesting i can't blame you on that one honestly um the story it like it it it, it goes strong, like as like like for the first part, as you're building your team up, and then as you're doing their individual missions, it yeah. lags somewhere around the middle, like in between that. And then when you get into the third act, uh, that's when it really starts picking up and getting like kind of cool again. Like it gets that initial novelty back. Um, so like when it slows down, you know, the only way out is through, kind of. So just 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 power it. On the other hand, at least for me, what made a lot of the side missions fun, I found like. The- felt like the the fun i had was directly proportionate to the i guess um overall collateral damage and um uh gankiness to which i achieved said missions so i i don't know i found a lot of the fun um started really started once i got things like um guns that shot explosive bullets and stuff like that where i could cause enough um collateral damage to make things interesting Okay. Yeah, I'll agree with that. You know, it's a, an open world game kind of in its nature is is the most fun when you're being reckless and when you're kind of creating the opportunity for random things to happen. So, uh definitely a calculated approach. Uh you know, when everything goes according to plan during one of the missions, you kind of don't see anything that interesting. Right. 
Unless of course you're you're breaking out a naked behemoth. That's that's pretty interesting. <laughs> I love some of the dialogue from that from that exchange. That was so good. The whole thing. Yeah. yeah. Oh gosh. Like any of the story stuff. It's this weird it's this weird thing where like it's in it, in a lot of ways it's mechanically inferior to Grand Theft Auto, but the shooting is better. I don't like the I don't like the driving as much as Grand Theft Auto, and I don't like getting yeah. across the world as much as I did in Grand Theft Auto. However, I will admit that in GTA, eventually, I just started taking cabs everywhere. But even then, yeah. like 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 like, like driving from from one end of the of the city to another, which it forces you to do a lot, uh, it's nowhere near as interesting as like it would have you do. So like there are these, there are these places where it's like a much it's a far superior game to the game that is you know it, it just it is going to be most compared to by everybody in the entire world. <laughs> um, but 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 in but in other ways, it just like falls like way short. I actually I found there was a weird trade off in terms of the density of the game. Um, so with with Grand Theft Auto, uh, and I'm, I'm speaking specifically about four in, in this case, I think we all are. Yeah. Um, I, I was never more than like a block away from th- something interesting, and so I would always get pulled up to the side and distracted, and then you know, 50 minutes later, I realized that you know what was the mission I was going to again. I'm on the other side of the city, you know, now I got to take a cab and that's, that's fun, but you never really get anything done or it's, it's very hard to accomplish what you set out to do just because there are so many distractions. And if you're in that kind of mood, that's great. Whereas in, in, uh, Saints Row so far, you know, it's, it feels like the interesting points are a little more spread out so that, you know, if I set my mind to go do something, it's pretty much, okay, go there and do it. And you, you only come across stuff if you're looking for it. But, like, that could be turned around and say, yeah, it's easier to go through the main plot points. But, like, if you are, it just depends on what you're looking for. Yeah, you know? I know, um, for me, you know, most of my trying to get to a mission would involve me, you know, driving halfway there, seeing a smart car that I need to destroy for one of the achievements, Jumping out of my car at full speed, shooting, you know, and blowing up the smart car, and then, you know, a half hour and, you know, a high-speed police chase and gang war <laughs> later, I realized I never actually got where I was supposed to go. So, for, I don't know, for me, I I found the uh, that happening a lot, but maybe that's just, you know, me being a combination bad driver and not very accurate. Well, no, I think I think both games have that element, and, and I think we've all said it's it's good if you if you want that. I think sure. in in Grand Theft Auto, it's kind of mandatory; you can't avoid it. Whereas in in Saints Row, you get to be a little more uh, elective with uh, with what you what you engage in and what you what you ignore. Which is funny because one has fast travel and the other doesn't. Yeah, interesting, right? Yeah. Uh, what's also, the most recent story thing that you uh, that you did? Yeah. What's that? What's the most recent story thing you did? Um, I've been helping out Zima. So I, I, I got past the funeral, uh, and have assembled, I think my entire team. Uh, and so I'm helping out the pimp now, uh, and, and just did the, the forced snatch mission. Okay. Which, as I said, is, is not that, that great a part. Haven't done any of the other missions after the, uh, after the funeral. I just, um, have a couple in the, in the Zemos chain. Have you done the? You've done the the one with the um, the gimp chase scene, right? Yes, <laughs> that's where you get Zemos. <laughs> Again, one of the yeah, one of the points that shines in uh in the game. Yeah. 
I love you. you grab a guy and you know you try to you're in this this brothel essentially of of kinky stuff, and you grab this guy who's who's there and you know you threaten him and oh, if you don't tell me where this guy is I'm gonna beat the shit out of you and he's like oh yes I love it, and I, I did, that was just kind of a really funny point for me I thought that was amusing. <laughs> Zemos is voiced by Alex Desaire, uh who is the who who played the uh, the blind uh, guy on Becker. Fun fact. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Becker. You wouldn't know because he's the entire thing is auto tuned. Well, yeah. <laughs> which is a, which is a great little touch. Yeah, yeah. I gotta say, I've I've de- I've decided that I think in games and movies and stuff like that, really what I care most about about the characters is them being likable. Mm-hmm. And for considering the game, every single one of your characters is blatantly a psychopath. Um, I find it funny that they're so likable. Oh yeah, <laughs> because they're they're mostly harmless, right? Like. I mean, for being psychopaths, like you're, you're in general, you are fighting against people who are more awful than your teammates are. You yeah, know? I think I think it's also the tone it has from a moral standpoint. You know, most of the random killing you do doesn't really count, or at least in ter- <laughs> or at least in terms of the characters' personalities. Yeah, it's, I guess I guess that's true. I like Kenzie though; she's she's she, she's fun. But. Is that the ex FBI? Yeah, it's the, ha- the hacker, the hacker lady. Yes, yes. Yeah, it's it's funny. You you reach a certain point in the game, and you've got like half of your team assembled, and then you get the rest of your team like rapid fire after that. And it was almost like, you know, suddenly I have an FBI agent and a wrestler guy and another guy and well, well, you know and a pimp. Well, that and was, I, that was assembly like the like the whole Steelport team. Right, like it was just kind of like, okay, yeah. you know, it's 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 for real now. We're gonna be we're gonna be in here. We're gonna go after this uh, syndicate. You know, we're gonna take these these bastards down. We need to set up operations. Who do we have? And then you went and you know got all these all these people who had a grudge against the the, the syndicate. So you got Hulk Hogan, and you got you know. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I haven't been paying enough attention. None of the plot makes any sense to me, but I, I'm kind of okay with that. You know. It's yeah. like, oh, I'm doing this now. Oh, there's a gimp. All right. All right. Yep. Fun. Why not? I feel that very similar to, like, Jackie Chan. Hulk Hogan plays himself in everything he's in. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Do you see yourself uh, uh, playing this one all the way through? I think so. I've gotten I've gotten bad at finishing games as of late, but this one um, is, is, is great to kind of pick up and put a little time into here and there. It kind of suits my play style now. I think I, I, think I will see it through. Just to, again... Moving from set piece to set piece, I don't know how much extra stuff in the game I'll complete, but I, I definitely want to see all the the kind of high points that the game is lined up in the main plot. What's nice is going back to that, to that thing I said, how like all of those activities, like the extra stuff, like you know they're they're all introduced through the story. You you probably do like the platonic ideal of each of those. So like you're going to see like yes. what all the extra stuff is. It's not like you know oh gosh I I, I never did the base jumping stuff in San Andreas. You know, like where they say, like, "Hey, maybe you can base jump if you want to." That's fine. You know, I love that the primary way that I that you exit your main hideout is to base jump off of it. Oh yeah, I love how it's you know kind of like just cause where you have you have <laughs> um, you have unlimited uh, parachutes, so you can jump off. You can basically jump out of anywhere, anytime, and always count on you being able to parachute. Yeah, <laughs> it's like just cause or battlefield. <laughs> yes. We need to invent those in real life already. Yeah. The auto, the auto deploy and retrieve parachute. Why not? Just for kicks. Oh man. 
Any final thoughts on Saints Row? Uh, it's it's flawed, but it's it's fun, and uh, the the fun is is kind of what you have to come for if you're looking for a more serious experience. Um, go to Grand Theft Auto, but it's it's yeah. it's definitely you know it, it's very upfront about being a game, and it does that very well. Yeah. So it makes it enjoyable. I'd call it a must play. Yeah. If nothing more than it's very clearly made for gamers. Yeah. Oh yeah. But that's that's all I've been playing this week is uh, is Saints Row. So how about you, David? Um, I've actually not been doing a whole lot. I've had um, crazy um, weddings oh, back in Ohio the last two weekends. Oh, so, yeah. yeah. Uh, that's been interesting. Um, been playing a lot more uh, Fallen London, uh, which I guess is now what they're calling Echo Bazaar. Oh, okay. Um, so currently I'm in the middle of uh, helping the workers in some random... Uh, Oh, dockside strike, and uh, attempting to organize a India Jones-style archaeological expedition. Okay. Yeah, it continues to be a lot of fun. Um, other than that, um, actually, I reinstalled um, Killing Floor, and I've been uh, playing through that a lot. That's a good um, game. It seems like that that's a game that I install like every, say, six months or so, and play really <laughs> intensely for like a week or two. <laughs> When you say playing through it, is it like is there like a story mode to play through? I thought it was pretty multiplayer centric. Oh well, yeah, it's it's multiplayer. I mean, it's basically um, horde mode with uh, structure. Yeah, it's <laughs> like it's like Left for Dead meets uh, meets Team Fortress, if that makes any sense. Except the levels are not linear; you're moving kind of like from hot point to hot point, as opposed okay. as opposed to proceeding from uh, for, from a starting point to a goal. Gotcha, okay. Yeah. And that's actually, uh, one of the things I've really been noticing about I really like is um, I feel like It and Left 4 Dead um, cover a lot of the same ground, not just in terms of being like the team versus zombie scenario, but also in terms of like gameplay style. So they both tend to have, they're both games I would say really place a value on discipline. So, like, a lot of the difficulty comes um, not so much from, like, the actual gameplay being hard, but from um, it really forcing you to, you know, make the right decisions um, and, you know, not just go off um, shooting things. You really have to be aware of your surroundings because, like, right. the, 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 way, the way that the levels are developed, they're, they're, there's almost, like, no way unless everybody is rolling as a cohesive unit, which, good luck. Um, there's al- there's almost no way to cover every single you know route of ingress or egress, uh, so like you're pretty much going to be like, okay, am I going to watch this and hold the fort, or am I going to try and clear this hallway? And whatever I do, either I'm going to have you know zombies coming at me from both directions, or I'm going to be actively going and finding more of them while also trying to watch my back. So it very much is about making those decisions like david said but really really kind of you know keeping your head on a swivel right and also you know there's a lot of things there's um like two of the um more powerful enemies um are um basically you know most most of the enemies your guns have a fair amount of stopping power but uh two of the most um powerful ones you know j- just can take you know multiple shotgun blasted the face but both of them um, are very, very slow moving and passive into, until they take a certain amount of damage. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you have to do a lot of like, 
you know, being intelligent about when you decide to shoot and when you don't, you know, things things like that. And I don't know, that's something I really like. Okay. But uh, the the thing I find interesting though is I feel like um, whereas uh, Left for Dead, um, you know, when it forces you to do those things, I feel like it's uh, sort of heavy handed. So like it forces you to play as part of the team because if um you know if a hunter jumps on you there's literally nothing you can do until mm-hmm. um a teammate rescues you whereas i feel like left for De- uh left for dead uh killing floor it's a lot more it's a lot more not playing with your team it you know you're rolling the dice so it's it's more of just a thing where they put you in situations where sooner or later your luck will l- run out right <laughs> And I really like that because it uh, one it you know I think it's just it's best not to just force the player to do what you want um but also um you know because of that you can intelligently choose when it's in the best your best interest or the team's best interest to split off from your team right so that is you know it's I feel like games don't do a good job of walking that line of it's either, you know, such a heavy emphasis on, on teamwork that that's the only way you can go through like left for dead, or it's just a complete clusterfuck and, and, you know, no one's paying attention to team, uh, and, and everyone's just kind of off on their own. Uh, I haven't seen a game that, that rewards, uh, teamwork in a natural way very well yet i mean kind of the the battlefield style is that you know if you do something as part of a team you get more points um but there's you know that seems like kind of a, a blatant incentive uh and it never rewards like you said david identifying a situation where actually it would be better if i went off and, and did my own thing for a little bit i would say the team fortress actually does that really well both on kind of a macro level in that like you know, it's always one team versus the other, you know, and, and both 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 sides are populated by people who have access to the same kind of things um, that you do. And every different class plays a certain role on that team. So, you know what you're mm-hmm. going to be getting into. Um, and each of them is required to a certain extent, except for snipers who are only required when somebody else chooses sniper. Um, <laughs> the only way to win is not to play god damn you to fort um no but uh, but uh but also on kind of this 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 kind of uh micro level where where it's so like immaculately balanced where one class pit you know pitted against another class you could you know you, you you know it's not quite rock paper scissors but you have advantages and disadvantages to where you can probably like the scout can run quick enough to uh to uh to, to get around the heavy while he's firing like his his speed is quicker than the rotational speed you know mm-hmm. st- stuff like that um and it does force you to kind of like look at each individual situation and each each individual skirmish and, and decide you know should i run should i draw this person back should i do you know any of these kind of things and uh you know or it might be a waste of time might be a waste of resources and i might be just drawing trouble back to my base if i mm-hmm. you know if i if i do try and evolve the rest of the team and what i'm trying to do so I would say I would say if you're looking for that game, that is that game. I haven't played it. I I had the orange box and I never played Team Fortress Two. No. And I know that's yeah, like a sin, I'm, so. I'm biased because I dislike Team Fortress Two, but I don't know. Um, to me, the only problem I had with Team Fortress Two was just, I felt like it placed 
a extremely, extremely heavy emphasis on Twitch skills, which I don't have and don't particularly care to develop. See, but, but like that, neither do I. Like I'm the slowest person in the entire world. That's why I'm unanimously awful at shooters. But you can you can pick a class that doesn't emphasize that. Like you don't have to be a scout. You don't have to be a sniper. But if you if you want to succeed and you're and you're terrible at shooters, you can play as you can play as the you know the medic or you can play as the engineer or like I, I love to play as the soldier because because that is almost entirely focused on being able to pre- predict where people are going to run because you have you have the uh, the rocket launch. See, right. I guess I would personally I would consider that a uh, Twitch skill. See, I, but maybe I, yeah. that's just me. Yeah, so you see that 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 that's more about crowd management because like I would consider it not to be Twitch skill. It doesn't require any kind of any kind of precision or even fast reaction. It just you know it just requires enough spatial you know recognition and knowledge to be able to say like okay if I shoot this in this general area at about this time the blast radius is going to be big enough to maybe discourage them from walking in that direction. Hopefully with fire. <laughs> you know, it's it's interesting. I am I seem to be drawn to the classes that I am worst at uh, in in any sort of shooter game. For example, um, you know, I'm <clears throat> excuse me, I'm I'm horrible at sniping. Generally, I, you know, I, I feel like I'm okay at shooters, um, Battlefield Three notwithstanding. But uh, I'm horrible at sniping. Um, but love to play as a sniper class for whatever reason. So uh, you know, like in in Borderlands, I I played through as Mordecai. <laughs> um, with you know pretty much exclusively sniper rifles, um, and I think that's that's something that is is hard to find games that do well is to make it fun even if you don't have you know huge amounts of skill. So Killing Floor, that's a fun game. <laughs> I haven't played a lot of it. The most that I played it was back uh, was back when Portal Two was coming out, and uh, and we were trying to uh, trying to uh, get those counters up so it could uh, you know be released early. But oh uh, okay yeah yeah that ARG. That was fun. You know, it's it's amazing the degree to which um, not having iron sights changes a game, and the degree to which you very quickly don't need them, or rather, not having uh, only having iron sights, not mm-hmm. having like the little crosshairs. Yeah, yeah. Oh, does Killing Floor not have that? Right. Interesting. It's, a, it's all iron sights. So, so it's and like it's the reverse because... of Unreal Tournament, which only has the pointers. Right. Right. And huh. the funny thing is, I'm now to the point where like I can routinely get headshots without using the iron sights. They call that no scoping. No scoping. I uh, I thought it was the dirtiest thing. I I knew people who would play. Um, gosh, this was uh, Battlefield Modern Combat, um, the one on the PS2. That is pretty dirty. <laughs> and yeah. <laughs> Sorry. But what they would what they would do because the, your your reticle is in the same pl- place with the sniper rifle, no matter whether you're zoomed in or not, you just can't see it when you don't have it. They would take a laser pointer and and zoom in and set up the laser pointer so it was shining on the on the spot on their TV uh, where you know where their gun was aiming, and then they just play with the the sniper rifle as a close combat weapon with one hit kills. Sticky notes work well too. Ah, sticky notes. Yeah. Are you Although people that insane? Takes a little extra, extra room. <laughs> yeah. Well, no. I, I mean, that's, you take, that's you take a sharpie this, and you put that's it. That's why the sniper works the way it does in um, Team Fortress too. Um, basically, when you, um, as you zoom in, um, your uh, gun gains how much gains power, gains how much damage it will do um, over a couple of seconds as you zoom. 
Right. So right. if you just do that, it'll still be powerful, but not really noteworthy. Right. <laughs> but not really noteworthy. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I hate snipers. Snipers. I, I don't like shooting. I don't like shooters. So that's why that that's, that, that's why I play <laughs> see, Team see, Fortress. See, and my problem is I like shooting, which is why I don't like Team Fortress because <laughs> none of the classes just if you, shoot if you, things. If you if you if you like shooting but you don't like twitch skills, uh, like just like every every single uh, every single shooter is is is, is about twitch. I'm sorry, I'm gonna see, call, I'm gonna call you on that contradiction. Now, why would describe in take like um oh. My uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare, and yeah. in that, I mean, yeah, it does take some Twitch skills, but most of it is in terms of, you know, getting behind people, getting the drop on them, stuff like that. I will say I exclusively use in shooters assault rifles and submachine guns. Okay. So, it's not fun if there's no Twitch skills, but at the same time, when I when I have the advantage, I generally want to win. Because to me, the fun is in, uh, you know, using the strategy and tactics to gain the advantage. I, I would actually agree with David because I, you know, I I started a playthrough of of uh, Modern Warfare Two where I was attempting to prestige using only secondary weapons. Okay, and I found myself surprisingly effective um, when I had to kind of think in a more strategic way when I couldn't rely on blunt force, you know, I'd, I would lose every single time if we start, sh- we started shooting at the same time. Uh, so I had to get behind people. I had to kind of set up traps. I had to be intelligent and, and pick my battles. And I actually started getting better kill death ratios playing with just secondary weapons than I did when I, you know, would play with regular weapons. See, maybe this belies my, you know, my, my, my ignorance of the genre i'm not entirely sure but like all of that sounds like twitch to me like uh, just like oh i'm gonna get the sneak on this guy or whatever but still recognizing that person and then being able to take your thumb in this case not your mouse your thumb and just like get that to go over there and they're like oh i'll draw this guy and then there we go where he's he's down we're done that As just, I know, I played on PC, so it was your mouse. Well, no, but. I mean, just but 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 either way, like it, like what, what I categorize as Twitch skills is anything that requires reaction time, and being able to physically manipulate this thing on a screen to shoot this you know mass of pixels. Like I I don't like in 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 any of those cases, I don't know how much of that game is being played in your head, versus how much of it's being played with your with, with your hand and your you know and and the and the spinal cord. Do not go in and say like I do not shoot with my hand. He was shot with he he, he shot his hand, forgot the face of his father. I do not no, aim no, with my for eye. Me, a lot of it was yeah. things where like someone would take a um, a couple pot shots at me. I'd um, start off running. They'd run after me for a while, and then I'd stop running and be turned around, and they'd come around the corner. I'd blow them away. A lot of stuff like that. I yeah. I guess that's or you know figuring out the times when um, you know my teammates were attacking somewhere, so I'd go around the block and attack the enemy from another direction. So that's yeah. that's actually what I would do when I was when I was doing my secondary weapon run. I, theoretically, I'm still on it. The game got stolen while I was doing it. So uh, <laughs> if, I, if I ever get a new copy, my my online account is still active. I'm, I'm theoretically still doing it. But um, as a side note, um, I think. I think we somehow that robbery broke down the space-time continuum because somehow one of those games that 
was without a doubt stolen. Like, no question in it. I found that I have a copy of, like, at my parents' house that I have no <laughs> idea how it got there. <laughs> nice. Sorry. Yeah. Return. Uh, uh, yeah, anyway, um, but what I would actually do is watch where my teammates were on the minimap um, and kind of be able to know just – maybe this is gaming a little bit, but kind of using that to understand where the front, quote-unquote, kind of was – and and then kind of working my way around to flank, not because I knew anyone was in a, a given place, but just I knew given the the way my teammates were situated, it would tend to funnel people, funnel enemies to certain areas. And so I just set myself up in those a- areas in kind of an advantageous way and uh, and kind of uh, wait sometimes or, or just kind of actively go behind enemy lines uh, in other situations. But that's just that, knowing the no map. No doubt. What's that? Yeah, that's just knowing the map. I guess, I guess. I guess, and that's also, though, stuff like that's the reason why I tended to play, I would only play on large um, maps with a lot of players, because I found that I was only effective when there was enough chaos for me to be able to take advantage of it, whereas in things where it was like six on six, where it was just directly, you know, gun versus gun, Excuse me, I generally lost badly. Yeah, that's that's no fun when when all the combat comes down to one hallway or you know one set of doors, and basically what everyone does is lines up and takes turns standing in the door shooting until they get shot themselves. And there's there's no thought to it. It's just well, I'm up. You know, it's it's good old fashioned trench warfare. Only everyone respawns and gets back in line. Don't play planet. Uh, what plant side? I don't yeah. think those servers are up anymore, man. <laughs> oh, are they not? They're making a sequel, though. Yeah, they are making a sequel. Yeah, it's going to be free-to-play, like everything else. I feel yeah. like we're entering some sort of yeah free-to-play golden age where they're well, they're actually coming out with some pretty good free-to-play games now. No, we're entering really? we're we're entering the free-to-play mandatory age where if you're going to put something <laughs> out on the PC, unless you're Blizzard or Valve, you're not going to be able to charge up front for it. See, I feel like that's actually kind of concerning, though, because I don't know. I've yet, uh, not counting like Kingdom of Loathing, uh, Fallen London, you know, a couple of outliers. I've never played a, a good free to play game. Oh, I mean, good, good, like that you've liked, or good as in like qualitatively. I just, I feel like the problem with it is um, one, a lot of I don't like rentals. Um, so a lot of them just yeah. their business model tends to be bad. Like I won't, I will, I will not pay for to unlock a gun for a week. Period. Oh, yeah. See, um, I haven't, the, I haven't seen that. Like I, I've seen, I've seen like pay to have this, you know, forever, but not. Oh, see, pretty, pretty yeah, much. A lot of I the stuff the is standard rentals. is the rental thing. Huh. Like I've seen very few games that you could actually just straight up unlock things. I own a Mac. I'm lucky I'm able to do anything besides Photoshop on it, so like <laughs> sure. I can't. Um, but the other thing is, I feel like the problem is that, at least for me, um, it's kind of similar to MMOs. In order for me to be willing to pay, they have to justify the fact that they're going to be relevant in a week. Mm-hmm. And the problem is most free-to-play games are you know quick popcorn, you know, games that just don't justify that my counterpoint would be ios but that's just you know ios 
Yeah, yeah. Just that there are, there are plenty of games that are free, but they're then they're supported by in-app purchases. You know. Yeah, I I think that's why I say it's a golden age, though. Is like I I acknowledge that yeah, the a lot of free-to-play games are structured so that it's really fun for a week, and then you kind of have to start paying for the smack. You know. Uh, so I just kind of acknowledge going in, well, I'm going to enjoy this for a week and then move on. And since there are so many free to play games, it actually enables me to stay in that, uh, honeymoon phase, we'll call it, uh, just with a different game every week. Right. I don't know. I just feel like there needs to be a really, really good product that you can then naturally spend money on, and I just haven't seen that. See, like, and you know, it's it's weird that I'm like trying to take this side or an issue or any side of this issue. You know, I like paying for things. I really exactly do. like like I I, I I know what the relationship is there. Like, I know that I'm giving this per I'm giving you money, no matter how much it is, to get this thing that I then am able you know to play. Right. And, and, you know, when, when it, when it becomes like this thing that's like, oh, it's a service. Like, well, no, I don't, I don't really want a service. I want a product. Yeah. You, you, you know, so we're, 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 we're going way off the, way off the rails here. We, we're kind of what's I, on I, your I, mind now. Uh, what's on your mind. No, no, I have stuff that I want to talk about. Did yeah, you I was going to say, we, we never got to hear what, what Cole is playing. So oh, yeah, we'll just, yeah. yeah. Let's do that thing. <laughs> we'll we'll, we'll kind of do that what's thing. on you. Well, okay. Yeah. I, I just, I just want. <laughs> but you choose not to use it. <laughs> um, how about this, uh, David? Do you do you have any final thoughts on Killy Floor, or were there any other games that you were playing? No, other than that's a really weird name for a game, but whatever. Eh, you know, what, what else? Um, so I bought Diablo three. Um, I played about yes. five minutes. I played about five minutes of it. So. Um, can't talk about it there. Um, is it, has it, then it crashed or what? No, no, just, uh-huh. that, just, just that it's, you know, it's been, it's been one of those times in my life, uh, okay. you know, and, and maybe buying it was ill-advised and that I bought it at one of those times in my life. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so that discussion is going to have to come later. I did roll a monk though, uh, which is, which is fun. Um, so yeah, no, it, it's, it, it looks, it looks perfectly fine. I said this last time too, so I've had it for a while. I just haven't dug too deep into it um i i got it late because i you know didn't want to uh beta test it i didn't want to uh pay to play a game that i couldn't play because the servers were down etc etc that's been covered elsewhere um but uh the games that i have been playing have been kind of these more uh small kind of like modular things um kind of rounding out something i was talking about last week um or was alluding to last week rather um, and now I can kind of talk about it, not in full, really, because to say anything more would be to kind of like ruin it. Um, but mm-hmm. I will say that uh, it is in your best interest if you are a person who owns any of the following devices. Uh, let us see here. Uh, let's see here. Wait, it's on iOS? Fuck. Mer? Sorry. No, <laughs> an iOS device. Um, Mac OS ten, uh, Microsoft Windows. PlayStation 3 or Xbox 360 to uh, buy the season pass for the Walking Dead video game uh, because that is the bee's knees. It is the cat's pajamas. It is tits on a ritz. If you like adventure games, if you like anything Telltale has done previously, holy shit, is it really, really, really good. Is it? Wait, it's an adventure game? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's not like, you know, Resident Evil or something. Yeah, there are action sequences where you have to click on the thing at the right time, kind of like uh, Heavy Rain or something like that. But it's more about, like, the choices that you make and how you interact with people. Oh, man. I thought yeah. it was going to, it was like some sort of crappy knockoff shooter to capitalize on the TV show. No, oh, God. No, no. It's like, it's super, super good. 
Well, I, I learned something today. Yeah, like I mean, <laughs> I uh, I got it on on Steam uh, for 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 twenty five dollars for the whole season. Uh, it's being released one episode uh, one episode a month for five months. Um, I, I finished hmm. I finished the first uh, the first episode over the weekend, and uh, holy crap! Yeah, like there like there are choices that you make in this that are going like like Mass Effect going to cascade throughout the entire thing. Like who you trust, who you save, like like who you choose to lie to, like like which resources you uh you know you 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 waste uh, things like that. It's it's really really good. The 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 voice acting is great. It has probably the you know one of the best black protagonists that's ever been in a video game. I think. Um. Yeah. And Not I'm... the cold train. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> um... I was gonna say we've got like the cold train. That guy from uh, GTA Three and who else? <sighs> yeah. No. No. But it's good. I mean, it's 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 fantastic. Um. And I and I definitely say go for it. Um. It's you know like every episode is going to be about five hours. Uh. Let me look here at Steam to see how long I played it for. Um. Okay, about three hours played, but still for like you know effectively five bucks for three hours of gameplay, that's not that's not bad. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's what? actually yeah. That's so. Is it actually like a movie? <laughs> yeah. I that, I rationalize so many choices uh, or so many purchases by how expensive they are relative to a movie. <laughs> See, uh, I, I think I kind of. Like, Ignored the fact that movies have become outrageously expensive. Yeah, exactly. What, do you, rem- uh, uh, you remember Rocks on Campus? Yeah. I, I was talking to the owner, and that's ba- that's how they set all their prices for gaming, is they, uh, you know, one hour of gaming was um, priced to be comparable to, you know, what most movies are an hour and a half, so um, two-thirds of a movie. Right. Interesting. Uh, speaking of movies, this is like a this is a side tangent, but Seeking a Friend for the End of the World that is a superb film. Watch it; it's 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 just f- fucking great. Oh, with um, Steve Carell. Um, why am I blanking on this name? Steve Michael Carell. Scott. Yeah, yeah, Steve Carell, Johnny Office. Th- thank you, God. Why yeah. why would that not? <laughs> See, which head? version of him is it? Is it like the uh, what Ted in real life version or whatever, Dead or the life. version that doesn't make me want to kill him? No, no, he's he's he he kind of splits a line. He's very melancholy. I mean, you know, most of his good movies, I think, have been dramatic. Uh, let's see, Forty Year Old Virgin, and also uh, and also uh, uh, Little Miss Sunshine. Um, he's he's more Little Miss Sunshine in this than he is, you know, Forty Year Old Virgin. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, but still, it's really good. But since we're talking about movies and since we're talking about cinematic experiences, um, I just wanted to throw that out there. That is a movie that is worth your time and your dime. Well, huh. I, uh, I saw is that. Not. Prometheus is pretty jank, uh, but I, I saw the ad for the that, and I didn't I didn't know it was out yet. So that's interesting. Hit it, hit it. What will oh, do? Are yeah. you are you playing anything else? Um, yeah. Well, I mean, I've uh, I've I've played other things. Uh, one of them, thanks to uh, David here, um, I finished Lone Survivor over the weekend as well. I kind of went on a tear uh, this past Saturday, as it were. Um, How'd you like it? I thought it was really good. Um, I didn't. I, I, okay, so I'll, I'll go over the one thing that I didn't like. I don't like how stringent the uh, requirements are for a, the you know the quote you know the quote unquote good ending. 
Um, I I really don't like when a game, you know, uh, says like, hey, unless you play this the perfect stealth way and you don't kill anybody, you don't fire a single shot, you're not seen once, we're not going to give you like an narratively satisfying ending. Um, then again, I went and watched all of the endings on YouTube and none of them were narratively satisfying. It was all more about the experience and the symbolism, but no, I really liked it. Um, it's, it's great. I recommend, um, anybody kind of like goes into it with a kind of a kind of non-spoiled, um, don't look at a fact or anything like that because there are lots of systems at play and kind of a lot of the fun is figuring out like how you take advantage of those like so like how you find water and how i've already said too much um <laughs> but yeah that's uh that that is a fantastic little game um and it's worth whatever price you're going to pay for it um if you got the most recent humble indie bundle and you paid above the uh and you paid above the average i believe the i believe you got it so i you know you should probably uh you should probably prioritize that over the others because it is it is in fact really really good as well I, I really want to know how they make, like, random audio static or whatever they use for the zombie voices sound so menacing. That's great. I mean, it's just uh, I say this as a person who edits audio. It's fun just to play with filters and to see what you can do with just, uh, just like, you take a, a seemingly innocent sound and you try and warp it and turn it and apply enough filters and delay and, you know, reverb to it to make it sound menacing. Um, <laughs> you, you know, it's, it's good. It's, it's, it's good. It's, it's good old fashioned fun. Um, <laughs> see, um, what I'm, I'm glad to hear you say that. Cause you know, I've, I'm actually not that far through it. Um, but, um, I, I really enjoyed it, but a lot of the things, um, just from knowing you, you know, hearing you discuss it, I've never played a single silent hill game. Uh-huh. My concern was I'd heard some things that kind of suggested that if you had played Silent Hill before, it's not really that much fun because it just covers a lot of the same ground. Oh, it's very much homage. Like it, it just uh, it, it... so yeah. If you've played Silent Hill, you're going to recognize like pretty much all of the tropes that it put the, you know that it puts forward, and like nothing is going to be a surprise or not nothing. There are surprises in it, and they're good surprises. Um, but that was kind of one of the reasons that I liked it, which is, you know, here's somebody who took all these things that I really, really, really love, like Silent Hill and then like David Lynch references, you know, and rolled them up into this game that has like 20 pixels in it, total, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and uh, we're going to we're just we're just going to take this and make our own little thing that has this other system on top of it, which is, yeah, you're going around and you're dodging monsters and you're picking up items. But you're also having to scavenge for food and manage resources, et cetera, et cetera. So it really is more of a survival survival horror game, you know? Yeah. That's yeah. really cool. So so like that that's the mechanical twist. And you know, things get more dire and uh you recover less you know, less quickly if you if you're you know, if you're if you're hungry and you say like crazy things to yourself if your if your state of you know, state of mind goes down and you have all these invisible things that you have to worry about. Um, you know, your health, uh your your hunger and then your mental health um, as you're going forward, and you have to find ways to, to raise to raise those up. I just nice. I just envision like you need to keep your your mental health up. You do a Sudoku. Well, I mean, it's not that far off. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say like what the what, what the biggest one is, but I'll say um, outside of your outside of your apartment is uh, is Chuck is Chuck the plant. Which is a oh, refer- it's a reference to LucasArts. Um, it's a it's a plant, and once you once you get a water supply, you can you can choose to uh, 
you can choose to water it and that raises your mental health score. You find comic books and stuff like that. So anything that you do like positively and constructively will, will, will raise your mental health. Whereas actually like defeating enemies will lower it. Ah, uh, I got it. That's smart. Okay. I gotcha. Yeah. Although I, I have to say, I feel like for me that would be the exact opposite. How so? If you find if you find yourself like taking t- taking reasonable satisfaction out of watering and talking to a plant. Oh no! <laughs> I just more feel like uh, killing monsters. I think would do amazing things for my mental health in a <laughs> um, apocalypse scenario. No, it's good. Um, I definitely recommend it. Uh, looking at the uh, looking at the Steam play clock. I uh, see so about six hours here. Um, probably about one hour of that was being, you know, waiting on the pause screen. So it's a five, you know, it's a good five hours of uh, of time that you're going to spend. Um, it's a relatively like small game geographically. Um, I'm not going to say where you go or like the extent of what you do, um, but uh, you know, it's not very daunting. Let's just uh, put it that way. Contrasted with uh, with the Binding of Isaac, which is uh, kind of this big mysterious thing that i quite i can't quite wrap my head around just yet have you guys heard about this game at all it was you know it's relatively famous in the indie circle um but uh you know yeah what uh what what's the um i guess what is its story what's the deal with the the whole isaac thing i'm not familiar with the with the story of isaac from the bible um, but, uh, but the basic, basically the idea is you play like, you, you know, the character that you play as Isaac, he's this young child whose mother is obese and she, uh, she spends all day watching Christian broadcasts and one day God talks to her and says, your son is tainted by the evil of the world. So you have to lock him in the basement and then she locks him in the basement and then your son is tainted by the toys he has. So she takes all the toys away. And then finally she says, she says, the only way to cleanse your son is to kill him. So she comes down and gets ready to kill him and he escapes into a trapdoor through the basement and you know the trapdoor in the basement uh, is, is this uh is this uh entryway into this roguelike world uh of you know just descending into caverns uh, a la dark souls um you know a couple hmm. levels of basement then the caves then the depths and i haven't gotten any further than that but uh, like a roguelike if you die it's over you don't save any of your progress the only thing that's saved there's a certain amount of like secrets that you unlock that you uh that you can kind of take advantage of um, but, uh, but you, you start over every time and it's entirely randomized too. So it's kind of a, kind of this, uh, legend of Zelda meets Diablo meets a twin stick shooter, uh, to a certain extent. And you're fighting all of these kind of like creepy, crazy, uh, really well-designed enemies. Um, you know, um, that kind of look like super meat boy, just, uh, just a little bit. I think huh. it was originally like a flash game or it's, I think it is a flash game. Um, it was, you know, like developed in, in, in concert with new grounds. Uh, but it's really good. I have to say, um, I'm enjoying it more than I expected, you know, expected to have bought it on recommendation, uh, for like $3 or something. It's incredibly cheap. Um, and I put about an hour into it so far. Yeah, I see. I actually, I'd seen it. I knew it got good reviews. Um, I actually had avoided it, uh, because of the biblical stuff. It Mm -hmm. just, uh, came across like it was trying to be preachy. No, it's not that crass. I think it's more it's more tongue in cheek. It's really funny. I think. Okay. Yeah. You know, then, which then is again, interesting I, that you you said it's all you know very much the level design is randomly generated. Mm-hmm. I think I think it's interesting. It's it's hard for a game to be funny when um, you know so much is random. Usually, you know, games have to resort to pretty heavy scripting to be amusing. Well, I guess like like the like the the the, the opening cutscene and then like the interstitials, you know, the interstitials, yeah, yeah 
interstitial cutscenes rather. Uh, you know, uh, they're, 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 they're about 10 seconds, you know, just that, that, that shows some, you know, scene from Isaac's life. And then just kind of the, the you know, the, the various, the various enemies that you fight, you know, like one of the bosses that you fight, it's, uh, it's called Larry Jr. But it's these two big gigantic centipedes that as they, as they go around, they leave big piles of poop. And if you, huh. don't, if you don't clear the big piles of poop away, um, and they conceal items too, and that's how you can kind of, uh, raise your health and survive throughout the fight. Um, then they will like, like box you in and then just destroy you. So, you know, half the fight is you trying to shoot them. The other half is you trying to clear away the poop that they, you know, leave so you don't get cornered. So, I mean, for as funny as poop is funny, <laughs> I think poop is hilarious. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. So, so it's, it's funny in that way. Like the, like the, like the moment to moment isn't, but just kind of the enemy design and the sound effects and things like that. You're a baby who's wandering around a, who's, who's wandering around a basement, killing things with your tears that poop walls in front of you. So now, um, how does it handle the roguelike thing? Cause I'm used to like, um, you know, roguelike I've really played is, um, NetHack and you know, that's a game that's notorious for, you know, there's people who have played it for years regularly and never won. I mean, does it does it kind of have a mechanism for allowing you to progress, even though it has permadeath? Uh, the method for letting you progress. I mean, it's a relatively short game, from what I understand. There's only five levels to it, and okay. you only have to beat like five bosses to get to it. Um, the way that it keeps you like coming back for new things is, you know, not so much that like the the, the levels change drastically every single time, but you encounter different like items. And there, like, there's no description of what the item does except for like what the name is. So I found this one that was it was just the mirror, and like what the mirror did was like you you shot out you shot out your projectiles and you know in Isaac's case tears, then they went out to the to, to the uh, to the extent of the range, but but then they slowed down and they boomeranged back about half of the range. So so it, it you know it gave your projectiles a little bit of longevity. So if you missed initially and an enemy wandered into the into the path, it would come back and hit them. Oh, okay. right. nice! That's kind of cool. And so there's a bunch of stuff like that. So that you know, there's there 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 are two like use item slots, and then then there are upgrades to your uh, upgrades to your to you know to to your uh, armor and your and your arrows and things like that. Um, and then there are also like bombs and keys that you can pick up. So there's you know there, there's plenty of that. Let alone the fact that you can never predict which boss or which enemy or which type of room you're going to find. So. If you get lucky and you get a you know an easy series of you know of rolls and you pick up enough uh, unique things um, that helps you out. That and you know this 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 is in the main menu, so it's not really a spoiler. If you meet a certain number of conditions, like you pick up you know you pick up enough heart containers in a certain level or in, a, in one playthrough, if you do enough stuff in like one playthrough, and as you get better, you're going to you know naturally do this because you're better at the game. Um, you unlock characters that have either different or better stats, so it will either more match your play style or it will just be objectively better nice i'm trying to think of games that that have that similar mechanic where you you know there's half the fun is figuring out what all the items do i know there are other games like that but I'm, i'm blanking on what they are uh I I believe that most of them are for the nes where the manual didn't even describe what they did (laughs) you know right i mean i know um you know, like NetHack was famous for that when, like, literally, you wouldn't, um, what the item did would even change between playthroughs. So there's a whole bunch of, um, of, you know, just different logical puzzles you would learn. 
So it's things like maybe, you know, like um, uh, real jewels and like fake glass jewels look exactly the same. But if you hit them with a hammer, the glass ones will break. Ah, interesting. So like you'd eventually learn to do that or like, um, you know, your your pet um, could, uh, you know, kind of like in Terminator, you know, the pet can sense the Terminator. Your pet Hmm. could sense um, cursed items. So you could, um, like, drop an item on the ground and see if your pet would walk over it. Right. All these things that you can... So, like, it used to be real common back in, like, the roguelike games, which this seems to be kind of a reference to. But it's kind of died out, which is probably too bad. Yeah, I mean, it's it's all those things that you you could do when your game was text-based. You know right. all these systems that you could build in that only needed you know needed to return maybe yes or no, and not right. and not a big three D model extravaganza of hmm. art. Simpler days. I I hold to my idea of of returning to text based games in uh, in voice form. I uh, <laughs> I hold to that as a uh, I need to as, see. as a new new uh, frontier. We were talking about this um, off off mic a, a little while ago, but you you were mentioning like, hey, we need to get text based games on uh, on iOS. There's a there's an app called Frot F R O T Z, and uh, mm-hmm. since most uh, since most interactive fiction is either um, in the public domain since the since, you know, since the publisher abandoned it, or uh, it is independent, so therefore it was never it, you know it was never expected to be paid for to begin with. Uh, there's a, there's a huge library of stuff that's available for it. I wouldn't be surprised if they. Uh, if they allow Siri dictation on that. Yeah, that'd be cool. I know yeah. Hitchhiker's Guide is considered, you know, one of the best um, text-based adventure games ever made, and I believe it's available on, like, the BBC website or something like that. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's available on all kinds yeah, of places. It's a text-based adventure game, but if I remember correctly, you know, like, all your interactions are done through text, but it, it it's accompanied by a picture that kind of sets up the scene that you're interacting with only in certain versions in some versions but i mean most ah. of the originals a lot of times the scenes were added much later so oh, like, i see okay yeah so like you you can play like the just the the the, the standard all text version which is which is punishingly hard like i've i've never beaten it so <laughs> at the very least you Everyone should play a fair amount of like Colossal Cave Adventure just to get all the references, you know, just so you can be in the club. Yeah. <laughs> oh gosh, so that's all I've been playing. Um, there's there's one adventure game for the uh, for the iPad that I've been playing just a little bit of. It's available on uh, on PC and Mac as well. It's called Yesterday, but I haven't played enough of it to say any more than it's it's a it's a point and click adventure game and. It, it was developed by somebody who didn't have a lot of money, so the facial animation is weird, and they look kind of <laughs> like they look kind of like they were trying to cross Pixar character designs with uh, with Team Fortress character designs, and instead they ended up with corpses. Um, so, but it's like a it's like a noir sat- satanic kind of uh, kind of kind of feel to it. Um, you're like going after cultists and things like that, so it's got a real neat tone to it. Um, but uh, the the presentation not that great. Yesterday, that sounds familiar, actually. Developed by Pendulo, that that game company just the way they advertise their games really, really, really turns me off. Oh. Just just the way their their um 
you know, so much like, oh, uh, by the critically acclaimed creators of the best game ever made. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, they're going to toot their own horn, and there's not a lot of people who's do it, you know, who are doing huge, big 3D point-and-click adventure games, so they, they probably have a little bit of room to, room to brag. Hey, guys, what's on your mind? I've got one. Okay. You know, you know a system that hasn't had a good game for a while? The Wii? The Dreamcast. The NES. The Dreamcast. The Dreamcast, but it is going to get a new game. Really? My really, own. really. So apparently this is this is a thing. And uh, you know, even though it was it was uh, you know, stopped being supported in what, like two thousand one? There have been a very slow trickle of games released by indie developers for it. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so it was just announced that there's a a new game coming out out called Gunlord. And it's like a a, a 16-bit action shooter game uh, that's going to come out for all of us who have been (laughs) holding on to our Dreamcasts. I've still got mine. uh, Just hoping for the day when it makes its valiant return. You know why they can do that, right? Was that because uh, because the Dreamcast runs Windows CE? Oh no way! Which it's not it's not Windows Collector's Edition, but it runs a version of Windows that was designed specifically for uh, set top boxes and you know consumer electronics. Let's just call it that. Um, I think it was like Consumer Edition or something like that. Um, so like it's actually really really easy to, to develop something that will run on Windows CE. And the only trick is putting it on, on onto a disc that will get a, you know that'll get past all of the copy protect protection measures on the Dreamcast itself. Nice. Interesting. Yeah, and I assume that the hackers have probably known for years now how to get past all the copy protection. Yeah, yeah. Like the only trick is like you can't do like an actual Dreamcast game because like it it, it occupies this weird space between CD-ROMs and DVDs called uh, GD-ROMs, which I forget what it's called, but uh, they were higher capacity than, than CD-ROMs, but not quite as high capacity as uh, as CD-ROMs. I forget which company holds the patent, but it might be Sega. It might have been kind of like a Nintendo situation where you had to license the and actually buy at quantity a certain number of GD-discs um, mm. to uh, in, in order to actually publish you know your your, your stuff. So, so like those are you know going the way of like Kodak film, except more rare nowadays, since there were, you know were never that many put out in the first place. So they're, I assume they're actually like making them like sixteen bit because they don't need to have an awful lot of art you know art assets to put out uh, you know to put onto that disc and distribute yeah. it. Yeah, and actually it looks pretty good. It's it's got a little bit of a contra feel to it. It's got a little bit of a Metroid feel to it. Um, I, I watched a good. The, they've got a trailer out for it that's like seven minutes long. Go figure. Um, but it, you know, it, it looks pretty cool, and it might be something that I, you know, I, I don't own a, a Dreamcast, but I'd be very interested to to see this as just kind of a, a novelty. Yeah, I'm pulling it up. Some images. It kind of looks like a, you know, like an old school bullet hell game, which would be kind of cool. Well, it's got it's got bullet hell sections, but it's also got like the platforming shooting sections that you would see in in a Contra or in a Metroid. Right. So uh, it's Which very is, cool. I know Dante's yeah. Inferno would have been so much cooler with bullet hell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that was bad. Um, that's where that's where bad forty fives go to die exactly. or something. <laughs> Just gonna, yeah. I'm just gonna bail out of that one. Um, I love no. So apparently there've, 
Yeah, there have been independent games released for the Dreamcast in uh, 2006, 2007, and 2009, um, as well as 2010. So this is uh, apparently a you know biannual-ish thing that happens. <laughs> well, I'm sure if somebody wants to get plenty of uh, plenty of uh, exposure, they can you know do that. You know, they just put out like, oh my gosh, our game's gonna run on the Dreamcast, and then everybody will cover it. So I feel yeah, like yeah. buying a Dreamcast is, if nothing else, entirely justified by playing Power Stones, too. Yeah, I love my Dreamcast. I don't own nearly enough games for it. I'm looking up and I'm seeing I can get a copy of Jack Ryan Radio for uh, for 10.58, and I'm seriously considering doing it. That was also an amazing, amazing love game. Love that game. It did have Dragula on its soundtrack, but we'll forgive them that. Um, were, so- <laughs> were any of the sequel like... Or other system versions of Jet Grind Radio um, have a soul. Um, I heard that Jet Set Radio Future, uh, which was the remake for Xbox, was really good, but it was still based on the same game. So, so it you know how could it be? How could how could you go wrong? Sure. Yeah. Um, how about you, David? Like I said, I've been I haven't been doing much gaming really. Okay. Um, well, I've got some stuff that I don't know, like if it's gonna if it's going to uh, spark that much discussion, but we'll throw it out there and see what's going to happen. Um, Spelunky is coming out on Xbox Live Arcade on July the fourth uh, for fifteen dollars. Spelunky, kind of in the vein of the roguelikes that we were talking about before. If uh, if if the Binding of Isaac is a twin stick shooter slash Zelda roguelike, then this is like a Metroid style side scroller platformer. Uh, mixed up with a roguelike, uh, and I've been intending to play it. Uh, doesn't run that well on a Mac, so I want to buy the the uh, the enhanced version for the Xbox so I can play it on my on my couch. Um, so yeah, I'm excited about that. Have you guys heard about this game at all? Or no, I haven't. It's it's looking uh, just the look of it. Kind of uh, reminds me of um, oh, like a cave story type of thing. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of in that same kind of vein, um, especially with the updated graphics. Um, I don't know. I kind of want to. Just, I just want to play it on a console. Honestly, that's that, that's my kind of thing. If, I, if I'm going to play a platformer, I want to be holding something in my hand and laid back. But that's just me. <laughs> <laughs> um, the other kind of uh, big thing that I found uh, today, which is uh, t- you know uh, Tuesday, June the uh, the twenty sixth. I think today is. Let me think back to work. Yes, the twenty sixth uh, is when the, uh, the 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 new endings for Mass Effect three came out, or the extended endings rather. Uh, I'm not. I'm not certain if I'm going to download it or if I'm just going to watch the new endings on YouTube. I kind of want to see my Shepherd um, and the extended endings, um, just to see <laughs> you know what new was added to the story. Um, I I am on record as saying that I don't think that the uh, the original endings were that bad, but you know who knows. You know what I've heard is that um, you know once once all the fans complain about the updated endings, they're going to add a another round of new endings. Uh, in which it's just a, cre- a screen that says, how do you want the story to end? Well, it ended that way. <laughs> to have Shepard save the world, text save world to 40404. <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, I think this is maybe Loris because I think we probably have a little bit different perspectives on this. I actually have no problem with, I don't know. I I don't buy that much into the whole idea of like um, artistic vision in games. Um, so I've got no problem with um, players kind of feeling like they should have some say over how the game ends. On the other hand, it does sound 
don't know. I, I haven't heard anything um, said about the endings that actually sounds like a good reason for wanting them to be different. You know, it's one of those things like, okay, so I, I've, I've read like all of the controversy pages or whatever. Yes, there are inconsistencies, but I don't think any of the inconsistencies, even if you draw out the conclusions that you're led to believe would happen if they, you know, if, if they weren't addressed, even if you draw it out, like it's still a really, really interesting ending. And it's actually even more interesting of the thing that people are saying, like, wait a minute, this should have happened, but it didn't. It's it's even more interesting if, like, they're, they're implying that it did. You, you, you know? So, so, like, my response to you saying, like, that the fans should have, a, you know, should have some kind of say in it, you, you, you know, either, either, either A, like, take it to your podcast and, and, and discuss it. You know, and just kind of like say like this is what the you know this is what the ending meant to me because you know and, and you know to a certain extent this story is so incredibly personal that it is going mm-hmm. to be your story no matter what, right? But also like if 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 you if you if you are so bent on your interpretation of the story being canon, then go and write some fan fiction. <laughs> I'm I, I'm not so saying I'm, I'm not well. I'm not saying that to be reductive. But like you can probably get some traction by going on some forums and saying, "Well, here are my theories" or something like that. But the actual like main thing, like what have we found out? You know, like what Bill Murray whispered at the end of uh, Lost in Translation. There are all these mysteries that we can abide in other mediums, but we can't abide that in in, in, in our own. And there's, see, there's a certain amount like, of interpretation um, that needs to be you know, that, that needs to be allowed. See, I feel like, though, um, I guess I would consider video games as being distinctly um, different from um, uh, most other mediums other than oral storytelling in that I would say um, video games are inherently a shared uh, medium where you have both the person who made the video game and the person who's playing the video game. And I guess I would view it as both, the pe- both of those people are telling the story. So I I don't know I would view video games as being more similar to like oral folklore as opposed to being similar to, to a um, movie or a book. See, but that holds true for like certain kinds of experiences and certain kind of things. But like if you're if you're taking something that is so heavily cinematic, like a Mass Effect or a or a, or a Metal Gear Solid, like that 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 folk tale kind of thing. Okay, I'm sorry. That 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 holds true for the Elder Scrolls, and that holds true for Stalker, and that holds true for uh, for for Left for Dead. You know, any any of those kind of things. But if you if you have something that is presenting a narrative to you, a narrative, no matter how much you affect it, then that is the narrative that they're intending to give to you. See, yeah. I guess I I don't I I don't know. I guess I really don't see. I see the narrative as being inherently about the way the player interacts with it. I don't know. I mean, may, cool. may, that, that could just be a difference in, like, how, you know, what people would come to the game for, maybe. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, I tend to ascribe to the, uh, to, to, to the Justin McElroy school thought on, you know, on, on video game story. Like, if, if it just gives me a good reason to go to the next thing, then it is a good story. You, 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 you know? But like when you when when you take it to this level and when you take it to like where they're obviously trying to be like Hollywood, maybe they should be held to Hollywood standards, and maybe maybe that part of the medium should be held to the way you would expect it. If you walk out dissatisfied by a movie's ending, you you know just like that that that, that was you know in in the immortal words of the of the dude, that's just like your opinion, man. <laughs> <laughs> Although the the other thing I feel though, and again I don't know about this. I feel like you can also, though, criticize not necessarily 
what story they told, but sort of why they told the story that way. Mm-hmm. So, for example, I know in movies, something that really annoys me is when movies kill off characters because they become inconvenient. No, that's true. I mean, so I, so I kind of feel like, I feel like maybe um, if you complain about a character dying, and they were just part of the story, that's one. That's probably just you complaining. On the other hand, if the um, person telling the story just kills them off because they're inconvenient, that's something else. Yeah. Uh, that, that, that 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 is true and i mean i'm just like uh, and i'm drawing these comparisons and i'm drawing these equivalencies and still we're at the point where the best you know video game stories your mass effects and your heavy rains are only at about the level of you know b-level you know thrillers and sci-fi movies you know, see if, i actually feel like I, um your mat best video game stories are probably like your um left for deads and your dark souls and i feel like what video games do video games aren't about narrative they're about atmosphere again yeah i just i'm I'm speaking entirely about games that are aiming to be in that milieu games that are trying to be movies so i mean just uh the you you brought up my baby you brought up dark souls that's uh (laughs) you know and those games those games are playing a a different game entirely sorry about my about my incredibly recursive metaphor (laughs) sure no, you're fine. I think I think there's there's two levels to the complaints that you heard though. You know, there's there's complaints on the level of the story didn't end the way I wanted, or I was unhappy with what they tried to do with the narrative, which you know I, I I'm happily not engaging in that because I you know I, I want to play it for myself and and then maybe I'll have something to say. The second level, which I think is a little more interesting, uh, or a little more valid at least. Is that you know Mass Effect has been billed as a game where your choice truly affects the outcome, and the entire franchise has been built around that tenet. And from what I understand, the end of the game is kind of removes that or does not live up to that kind of fundamental promise that uh, a Mass Effect game gives. But all thirty hours up to that have been entirely influenced by every choice that you have made. Mm-hmm. So, so just like I just I, I I hear that and I see it. I think it's an interesting commentary to say that like no matter what you know, no matter how much of a hero, no matter how legendary you are, you might not be able to change the course of the galaxy just as one, <laughs> you know, just as one person. You know, like that that might be that might be an even more interesting thing, and you know, maybe something that you know just uh, is is kind of a meta commentary on itself, which is like no matter how much you hate the ending of this game, maybe you can't change it. But if See, enough, but enough of you like... write into me, then you know, write into the game company, then they will, then they will change it. Yeah. See, I feel like to me though, and again, I haven't played it. To me, it really depends um, on um, how the degree to which they commit to that, because like, you know, um, a lot. Uh, you know, I I can respect uh, 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 something that does. Like, for example, several of the. Um, of the Splinter Cell games would do things where, like, you know, you do everything right, you, you know, make all the good decisions, and, like, a crap ton of innocent people get killed. Mm-hmm. But, and it was very much just... I guess I differentiate between, like, stuff you don't like happening where it's, that's what happened, versus stuff you don't like happening where it's, like, that's what the developer chose to happen. Does that make all sense? Kind of. I, I would I would make the analogy to an encore at a concert, 
Right. So, you know, a band could come out and play a great set and then leave and decide not to come back on for an encore. And, and you know, technically they're within their rights to do that. And it doesn't invalidate the fact that the rest of the concert was really, really good. But at the same time, you kind of look at that and go, you know, well, there's got to be a better reason why not than you know, that's just the way it is or we didn't feel like it. Like, you know, it, it's something you kind of expect. It's something that uh, there's kind of this, like I said, kind of an inherent promise there that isn't lived up to. I'm going to issue the last word on this because I think that this discussion is fraught with mea culpas um, <laughs> on, on, on my part. I haven't watched any of the new endings, although I intend to watch at least one of them yeah. uh, when I when I when I leave here today. Uh, um, now, and the mea culpa on your guys' side is you haven't played you you haven't played Mass Effect three, which doesn't disqualify and you. That makes you an awful person. Yeah, no, that, that that's that, <laughs> what's what, what's the reverse of an appeal to authority? No, no, I just uh, you know just that 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 is not a valid argument in the case of you can't say this. But even when talking about the when, when talking about the broad strokes of this, this is a pretty big example. And I think that the bigger story here is the fans cried out and they got what they want, and we sure. like we need we need to see if this either a paid off and made for a better ending um which i'm going to discover you know in about 10 minutes when we're done um <laughs> and b what kind of precedent does this set where game companies you know does it have some kind of chilling effect where they see like okay like we have no idea like what kind of you know like gamers can't tolerate any ambiguity in their ending so we need to describe exactly how tall their characters are where their various freckles and pockmarks are and also <laughs> every single we need to make sure that every single thing is tied up and then you end up with metal gear solid 4 where every single plot thread was tied up and two over the course of two hours at the end of the game you, you know <laughs> can i um Although one one other thing i i guess the way the best example i would think of is I feel like there's a difference between, you know, an ending that I think you can legitimately complain about. On the other hand, I would use as an example, um, and this is fairly major uh, spoilers if you like um, Dragonlance, but um, killing off um, Sturm, I mean, was something I really, really, really did not like, but at the same time was very much very clear that that's, what was meant to happen in the story. Yeah. And but, so I feel like that, I I very much disliked it, but it never bothered me, versus stories where I feel like, you know, the, the person writing the story killed off someone or did something I didn't like, and it wasn't really justified. Look at, uh, look at Serenity. Like, yeah, for real. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to go any further than that, but that's one of those things where somebody did, you know, that the creator did something incredibly huge to the universe that we that 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 we liked in order to prove, like, okay, it's about to get real. So just to, you know, that 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 did serve a purpose, just like it served in Dragonland. So I can see what you're saying. Yeah. Um, one one game that did that that did story really well, um, and this is the 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 consensus that we reached was Journey, and this is the last thing that I'm going to say, uh, just because just because it is a uh, it is kind of a short little story. Journey, uh, the collector's edition, is actually going to retail uh, for thirty dollars, being packaged with Flower and also Flow, um, and a couple of other small games that the developer has made. Um, uh, so this game is actually getting a boxed release, potentially making it available to more people, people who do not have access to high speed internet. What do you guys think about this? I really like the trend of download games going to, uh, going to, uh, 
um, box as opposed to the other way around. It kind of serves as a harbinger, I think, for where the industry is headed. I mean, yeah, I mean it does affect me because I haven't bought a box game in years, really. Um, but, well, not kind of like PS3 stuff, so like for my PC, my main system. However, I feel like that's a really cool thing for people that don't have credit cards. So like anyone under the age of what, like hopefully 18 yeah, I think it's great to see it done as a collection too, and I, I would love to see that done uh, more frequently. Just as just as you know, there's like the humble indie bundle, uh, even though that's not a box set. But I would love to see like compilations of the best um, downloadable games released on disc, uh, you know, every couple of years. I think it's a it's a really cool idea. They did this back in 2010, is either 2010 or 2009, with uh, with a bunch of Xbox Live Arcade games, and they've been doing this to a certain extent. But uh, the best one you can get is it's a Limbo, uh, Trials HG, HD, and Explosion Man uh, that you can buy um, as part of a box set. Um, and I really, really like the amount of HD remakes that are being done on the PlayStation 3. People can complain about, uh, about you know, just the, it lacks originality or whatever. But I like the idea of, like, this, this, download, this downloadable game, you know, X number of years down the road, like when, you know, those servers are taken off and you can't download that content, being able to have this physical copy of the thing, of this experience that I really liked to pop in. I know I'm Mr., you know, let's make everything download kind of guy, but... Uh, but also, as somebody who really likes, uh, you know, archival, you know, the uh-huh. archival side of video games and making sure that the experience is retained, um, then uh, this this does tickle me to a certain extent. Yeah, I wonder what would happen if, um, you know, more of the games were available optionally in hard copy form. So, like, for example, if, uh, if like, the Undo the under Indie Bundle, <laughs> the Humble Indie Bundle, was you know you could uh you know additionally pay shipping and handling and they'd send you it on disc or something like that. I wonder how that would sell. That's I think what, it's something to be said for like a collector's item, you know. I just wanted to see what you guys thought. That's that, that, that's pretty cool. Want to button it up? Sure. So that was episode number 156 of Stand Under the Don't Tree and Riddle Me This podcast about video games. Going to keep the uh, the exit lead short. Um, just in the interest of time and the interest of my bladder, uh, unfortunately. So I'm just going to say, check us out on iTunes. I'm not a, interested in your bladder. Leave us a rating or a review on iTunes. Tell your friends and uh, join the discussion on Facebook. That's facebook.com slash don't tree riddle. Um, so for DTR, this is Cole Ross. Dennis Furia. David Mysmith. And uh, just uh, keep hanging around.